It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. From a Scottish castle, it's Rob has a podcast. And now here's the guy who's got a poison chalice full of coffee on a late night. Rob Cisternino, hello everybody. Welcome back. Traders party here. Week one of Traders is in the books and we stayed up late here with the man who covers Traders all around the world. It's Puya Zavakili. Puya, how are you? Rob, I am excited. You know me. This is my hour. This is my time of night. This is when I thrive. And I'm so glad you've joined us in full gear as well for what was an incredible three episodes. Coming out hot, season two of Traders US, and I love it. Okay, happy to be here live uh, into the wee hours of Saturday morning with my BFFs. And I'm not talking about the betrayers, fakes, and fraudsters here in the chat. uh, We want to hear from you. So go ahead, post your comments, get your questions in as we talk about a very exciting first three episodes of The Traders Season 2. Puya, how are you feeling? Pumped. Pumped, pumped, pumped. This gave me everything I wanted and then some. And honestly, I feel like we kind of won in every category we're looking for. And I'm not talking awards, even though it is an award-winning show now, Rob. Yes, congratulations to the Emmy Award-winning The Traders. That's right. And for what was it? Casting. Look at this cast. This cast doesn't go back to... I'm not sure season one casting was really... You You think... But I mean, I agree, but they won. If they won with that cast, how many do they give them like four of them for this one? Because my God, the improvements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not sure we could name three of the non-celebrities from Trader Season 1, but I digress. Okay. Uh, we got uh, a lot to talk about here tonight. And uh, we've got banishments and traders and recruitments and poison chalices. So uh super excited uh give me your you you know you're you're mr traders you've watched this all around the world give me your assessment of uh, these first three hours of the traders that we've seen well right out the gate i want to say that i feel like i love this new format change they did rob little behind the scenes i suggested this for our game before these shows came on so i'm on the same mindset as them but adding Having the traders recruit one before the game begins, I think, is genius. I love that they get a little bit of input. I absolutely enjoyed the dramatics at the beginning. I feel like the traders we have are a very, very skilled bunch, but also some that I could see turning on each other when the tides get a little rough later. And uh, these faithfuls, as always, we got dummies, we got loud ones, we got sad ones. Emotions all over the place, and it's perfect. It's a perfect season. Okay, um... Well, we got a lot to talk about from the entire three hours. I guess we, we got to start with our, our traders here. OK, uh, so we started off with the the picks of Dan Giesling and Phaedra. And yes. um, I mean, I, you wonder, did Dan say, hey, I'll only come play if I'm going to be a trader? Like what an obvious pick for one of the traders, I think that had more people in this cast known 
who Dan Giesling was. Like, uh, I think he was fortunate that more people were not like Big Brother super fans because such a like very chalk pick to go with Dan Giesling. I guess you don't bring Dan out here to not make him a traitor. Yeah, I mean, I think 100% part of when he gets approached is I will do this if I'm a trader. I really do think so. He literally said I came on to be a trader. Yeah. And I feel like you can only pull out and do all the strategic side of things that you want as Dan if you're a trader. Because otherwise, the faithful, you have to try and suss that out. It's not the same for you. So I 100% agree there. The other thing is being a true super fan of Big Brother takes a lot of both a free time and, you know, I speak for myself, certainly not everyone, insanity to be willing to do all that and to deep dive 15 years back to know who Dan is and his greatness. You might hear it from word of mouth, but also the person that's there with him that would have links with him is Janelle. And it very much looks like they're going to be working together anyway. So she's not going to spill the beans on him. And by the end of episode three, the only suspicion that had come was you're kind of quiet. And he's been able to chalk it up to my personality and... Only a few people are looking at him as of right now, at least. Uh, it feels like Dan is on the hot seat, but more on that to come. Uh, yes. Yeah, Dan and Phaedra together. Uh, I- interesting duo. Uh, two people who I believe have no history whatsoever of even knowing. Uh, not only do they not even know who each other are, they seem to know nothing about the other person's show that they were on. Yeah, not to my knowledge. Again, shout out Sasha, who I do see is in the chat with us. I've been talking to her throughout this last three episodes, and she immediately was stoked that Phaedra gets chosen here. I, I think similar to you, Rob, we've been getting acquainted with Phaedra throughout these three episodes, and I'm very happy for the dynamic that uh, her and Dan have together because they are very different. Phaedra is definitely more vocal, and I think Phaedra can get away with saying some more shady things because of the way she says it. It's very blunt, but it's comedic, which I think really works in their favor. And as of right now, I would argue that Phaedra of the three looks the cleanest and and least uh, suspicious, which is good. Well, certainly, I think she, uh, less than Dan. I don't think anybody has uh, thrown any sort of sus her Not way. Um, mm-hmm. And then we had the recruitment of Parvati, who I have to say, Puya, that I was a little worried about Parvati as the choice, especially after like at that first at the um, first ceremony when uh, we had a little bit of sus pointed Parvati's way. Parvati is doing an incredible job. Absolutely. And I don't think there was ever really a shadow of a doubt in my mind. The biggest worry I had for Parv coming in was the Sandra effect. How are they going to play? Are they going to play together? And I think for as long as she's able to keep that her and Sandra on the same level and not going at odds, I think she's going to be clear for a minute here. I thought there was a second there with the poison chalice where Parvati was going to go rogue and give the poison chalice to Sandra. They're so shady with this editing. They keep zooming into Sandra doing a side eye anytime they're in the same room, the Parvati and Sandra are. And every time it's fooled me into thinking, or we're about to get a Sandra confessional saying, she's bad. I'm going to round up all the faithful to get rid of her. Like I said, I would. But so far, so good. So far, so good. So uh, those are our traders at this point. And really, it's been a fun ride with these traders so far. 
It's been a very fun ride, Rob. Three hours typically doesn't go by quick. And so far it went like that with a blink of an eye. Just looking at your energy right now and how awake you are. I know that you weren't struggling to stay up. No, which I, I was like not. It have been a challenge for I you. I was not. Um, exactly. So let me ask you, have you seen the Poison Chalice stunt before on any of the international versions of Traders? We have had stuff like this where you're doing the in plain sight. This is a thing that happens. Now, again, it's been many a season. I don't recall if it was exactly a one-for-one -one copy with the Poison Chalice and you have to touch the lip. Um, but also, I've been watching a lot of other shows. But I'm pretty sure we've had something very similar on another franchise. Okay. And how that basically somebody will drink from the cup and then everybody will go to bed and then they'll tell them in the morning that you drank out of the poison cup. Yeah. So basically your lips touch it. You're done. So but also it's a slow burner. So that part I'm a little confused by as to what's in the middle of the day. Someone's going to have to fall on the floor a la who done it. I don't mm -hmm. know. I yeah. don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, like Squid Game uh, for Netflix, where you have to right. like, uh, fake your death, or it will just be at the end of the night. Uh, that's when you will be told in the morning that you didn't make it through the night. Exactly. I don't know, because again, the verbiage very much indicated slow death, so I don't think it's going to be in the morning at breakfast. Okay. Um, let's talk through these three episodes and uh, go through it so we can go in a little bit uh, further detail. Um, everybody ends up, uh, showing up together and, you know, uh, we get to see everybody seeing each other for, uh, the first time, you know, how sequestered are they coming into this where, you know, Parvati is saying like, well, I hope I don't see Sandra. I can't imagine they really know. Now, I remember around the timeline of when everything was being announced, I knew when they flew out there's every bit of chance they would have seen some names start floating out there, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I can't imagine, you know, Sandra's there and you say this, mm -hmm. I don't care how much it's for TV. You're not throwing that name out and letting it get back to Sandra. So I don't think she knew. Okay. Um, any other, uh, initial reactions from the cast really catch your eye? Um, well, I did note as I did, I did clock CT seeing Johnny bananas come out of the other car, pointing, laughing, and then saying, there goes banana head. Of course he's here. I can't do anything without him. And Larsa did say we were the first couple to ever be on the show. Larsa has clearly not watched UK season one, mm -hmm. but I don't expect her, everyone to watch all the seasons. Yeah. Uh, you know, not to jump ahead, but. Uh, bummed out to lose bananas so early uh, we you know we got him in the first episode and he was just like said he's like the narrator of all these challenges here that uh, we're getting so much johnny bananas and now i know why yeah i thought he was gonna be there for a minute but then i forgot that we had a similar trajectory for reza in episode one of last season where he was the focal point he was narrating he was giving commentary and then he was gone I didn't expect it. And I think that there was a, the correct move because I don't think anyone expected him to leave that early. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to get our picks for the traders. Uh, first, Dan is going to get uh, picked. We see Alan go around the table a couple of times, uh, stops at Dan. Dan has a big smile. That's what he's here to do, Rob. He's here to run it back 15 years of retirement. And here's what I will say. He has not missed the step. 
it's as if he's been doing this all around. And, and I want to really point out that despite him being, quote, retired from playing these games or from being on reality TV, he has a Twitch channel. He's actively mm-hmm. gaming. During the Among Us boom, I've watched many a lobby of Dan play Among Us. He hasn't missed a step. Yeah. He's ready. Yeah. Okay. It's like riding a bike. Um, then yes. second pick, we get Phaedra. Yeah, Phaedra is absolutely a fun pick here. Again, I coming in not knowing about Phaedra, I didn't know if this is what Phaedra is built for, but then immediately Sasha gave me all the stuff. Sasha was like, no, 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 trust me. She knows how to stir it. Someone in my mentions like, yeah, she has a law degree. She doesn't use it, but she has it. So she, she'll lie. And then when she gets caught, she'll lie some more. She's not going to stop. I am loving the Phaedra reveal here okay f at the reveal ceremony okay larsa pippen she says hey uh i feel like that alan stops right here i think it was you parvati yeah she didn't just say that rob she said i have such good hearing that i could hear the material on him stop moving and i could tell it was from the left she just said from the left granted but obviously when you say the left and you point to the media person next to you there it's going to come off that way now larsa ends up having some other reasons was he wearing on. corduroy what uh, what is this fabric <laughs> that's so loud i don't know but i just want to know how she heard this when john burkow is breathing so heavy so so heavy at this round table you'd think a podcaster was not responding to sam's call you know what i mean like that was that heavy breathing we were getting yeah. hold on and no- that F- is phaedra is a uh is a mortician is this right is this right people are saying rob, rob doesn't know she's a mortician as well yes yes have, it, the first line Shouldn't in this have come up? is wild why for the grave challenge i mean like <laughs> it, it would be i i think like hey i'm used to like uh being around dead people it might come up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's done. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, wild opening ceremony. John, yeah. also heavy breathing. He used to be asthmatic, Rob. How, okay. I can't believe, how has John made it through three episodes? I don't know. And I don't still don't know about his his career, really. But he is kind of the meme here, and I'm very okay with it. I've never seen someone so formally and respectfully talk shit about people. It's kind of fascinating to watch, and I'm not ready to let go of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we come out of that, and we go to our competition. And look, you know, we love the traders, but there's competitions. Well, Rob, tell me, I want to know your take, because obviously I've gotten to talk about this a little bit on Traders UK already. First of all, I want to point it out to people. A lot of the challenges we just saw have happened on Traders UK already. I think UK had an extra one that they didn't even use. Mm -hmm. But uh, here. But Rob, what do you think about this new change they've implemented where every challenge there's going to be some opportunities to grab onto some shields for protection and you can risk your placement in the team by certainly going for a- it. an improvement because that as far as I'm concerned, this just the challenges. I mean, this was great on a night like tonight where we we're watching three hours straight. It's like, OK, this is when I can go to the bathroom. This is when I can take the dog out. OK, this is, this is when I can like uh, work on making my snack here. 
Yeah, I feel like it has added some intrigue. It definitely lends to the dynamic. Obviously, in the first uh, challenge where we see them all tied up to start, Janelle gets untied and just goes for one immediately. And yeah. that adds to what people are reading into with her. And I feel like stuff like that is fun for some further suspicions moving forward. Yeah, I mean... Generally, when people go hard for the shield, does that really help them get some of the suspicion off of them? I mean, I don't think they care about going like going versus not. I think the people who are going for the shield as faithfuls are just selfish and want to not get murdered overnight. Right. I feel like no matter what, that's kind of your your survival instincts kicking in. Mm -hmm. The traders are going to go for them to. I mean, Dan did it in the future challenge to kind of blend in and seem like he's doing what everyone else is doing. And also they can go for it to pre prevent the faithful from getting it if they're trying to target somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any other highlights from the first challenge for you? Well, Tamara didn't even show up. Tamara was not feeling well and missed out on the first challenge. We did get that announcement from Alan at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, it's very standard uh, Trader's Fair where the mission seems like it's always completed at the Come buzzer. Yeah, that, are we buying this? Do we buying this? That there's no possible way. Like, uh, I need to see some TikToks on this. How on earth could they get from all these people are in the water? 16 seconds are on the clock. Get Tommy they made it, on, they made it back. On the Come on. I mean, Rob, listen, maybe we just might have the most clutch show of all time where the contestants happen to be very buzzer beater. I don't know. Okay. You know, I kind of feel like they want them to win the first challenge. It's like, ah, eh, close enough. Okay, you made it. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it was probably close to that. Here's what I think. Probably like ballpark close to like the last two minutes. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it, you're not getting these people in confessional full on lying about you know, we had le we had about a minute left, so some people got selfish and went for these shields. We could have had more time. Like that doesn't come up otherwise. Josh in the chat says it was ten seconds on the first challenge. They are all in the water still. It's a hundred thousand percent fake. And maybe they weren't in the water, and they edited it to seem like they were in the water for more dramatics. Maybe they were getting yeah, there. Yeah, I, I think a lot of these. I mean, I don't want to pick on the, just the traders. Like the mole on Netflix had this also. Like. How many buzzer beaters can there be on every single show where it's like, there's only six seconds left. Can are they going to be able to do it? And like, All right. Well, Rob, there's only one way we can solve this puzzle. And you pick up the phone mm -hmm. this year. When they invite you, you say, yes, I will be there. Well, not after I said Scotland. that the, the clock is fugazi. Say you love it right now. They will I love not the clock. remember. <laughs> I love the generous clock. We love a generous clock, an yeah. unselfish clock. Yes. Yes. You know, I, I, I wish some of the, the people in the chat uh, gave me the generous clock when Survivor Know-It-Alls doesn't start on time. We'd, we'd love that. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then, and then, you know, splits and then you say we just started. Exactly. Okay. Right on time. All right. So uh, we got shields for Janelle and CT and Deontay. Okay. Um, and they come back and, you know, everybody's hanging out. We see Janelle and Dan say they need to work together. Have a nice moment. Yeah, I, I did love that. I, I love that Dan says, yeah, he hasn't seen Janelle in a decade. He last says, time yeah, let, yeah, go ahead. And he's like, last time I saw her, I voted her out. And I was like, no, oh, I feel like he actually said the last time I saw her was when I wrote her name down. I'm like, Dan, do you were, were you on Survivor with Janelle? 
<laughs> when, when, when did Dan write Janelle's name down? Why did he say that? Listen, Rob, maybe, maybe they played like an in-house mafia game at one of the reunions. Yeah. I we mean, yeah, Dan said that. Um, Phaedra said that Dan won Big Brother twice. Exactly. I And I did tweet that out. A lot of people were like, well, close enough, which again, first and second place finish. Mm-hmm. You know, you could argue it. Um, I don't know. Do, do you think no, no one has won it twice? Because I was going to say, who do you think Phaedra is mistaking his stats with? But I don't think that's the case. I don't know. Nicole Franzel. Well, ask the right person for that one. Some people be like, the baby reindeer game's not yeah, the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, it sounds like that, like from the way Dan describes the Real Housewives, does Dan think that the Real Housewives is a competition show? I don't think so. I feel like there were multiple confessionals where he talked about how Phaedra seems very smart or has good reads, but also might not understand this game because it's not the same. I don't think he thinks it's a, it's a reality TV show, like a game comp- competitive reality show. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said that she's used to doing a lot of backstabbing from being in a Real Housewives. Rob, you can backstab just being friends. You can mm-hmm. backstab friends without having a game at the I end. I would never. Yeah, I don't, I don't pin you as the type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're more of a BFF regular styles, not <laughs> yeah, the, not a betrayer, fake, and fraudster. Yeah, not the Allen style of BFF. Yeah. Okay. So before everybody goes to bed, there is this moment which looms large over the next two episodes where Trishel and Peppermint have a moment. And um, the, can you can you retell the story? I can. Um, the, we see this often enough. It's just heartbreaking when you don't want it to be the person you're you're trying to see stay in. So basically, we had this moment where Trishel puts out a joke and says, if I die tonight, you know who it is and points at Phaedra, uh, Phaedra points at Peppermint and Peppermint immediately responds with, uh, what was that? And Trishel, whatever she says, like, I was just kidding. It was just a joke. I feel like Trishel realized in that moment, this ain't a good joke, but then she retold it and mm-hmm. it got retold another time. And then it became a point of conversation because there's nothing else to talk about. And it just, it gathered a lot of steam, Rob, and you couldn't just stop it at all. I will say later on, Peppermint does no favors in trying to dispel the rumors, but unfortunately the toothpaste had left the tube. Yeah. And this is going to be a really big thing. Uh, yeah. Trishel ends up saying, so, well, if I, if I get murdered tonight, then I know you're a traitor. Which, what, 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 never make this joke. I don't care what it's day one. And I feel like this is a mistake some people will do. And then they are like, well, damn, they're going to hear it from other people. I should say it and talk about how wild the other person's response was so that no one's looking at me now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think is what happens here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Traders should have murdered Trishel tonight and really put like the, like, well, Trishel said. If she gets murdered, Peppermint's a traitor. And you know what, Rob? They would have ran with it. They would have ran with it. They would have stopped. They would have ran with it. Yeah. Um, It's just going to go on. I I think that, you know, honestly, like, you know, we we make jokes. They don't all land. uh, Couldn't be us. Uh, But, you know, it's a thing that happens to people. And then we, I think it was really the mistake was in in the retelling in the breakfast, uh, like when it came up uh, the second time. Like, I think if it hadn't got brought up at the breakfast again, I think that nobody would have remembered this. 
Oh, 100%. Because at breakfast, it's being told to hella people. Because there were a couple people at the first time. And one of them was like Sheree, who had no look at it as being malicious or that Peppermint took it any type of way. But then in the retail at breakfast, there's more eyes on Peppermint. Peppermint's under fire a little bit. Because then when Peppermint comes in, Deontay's like, hey, can you uh, clarify what happened between you and Trishel? Mm -hmm. And Peppermint was one of the last people to come in. So Peppermint's naturally like, uh, what has been happening in this room before I got in? And then I thought I explained it perfectly fine. And I don't think there was anything there. But then it continues to be brought up. And I think this causes Peppermint to get a little flustered, ultimately. Yeah. Yes. Um, and this is going to loom large uh, throughout the entirety of uh, episode number two, uh, ultimately, where Peppermint is going to be the person who gets banished by the end of the episode. Now, I've already seen on Twitter, uh, Trishel has uh, apologized, called it a mistake. Ultimately, uh, what ended up happening uh, just kind of, you know, like in these games, you, you, you really you're looking for you're grasping for straws. I mean, Eddie, you look at any first two banishments of any franchise, and it literally is over the smallest, most ridiculous things. And almost never do we mm -hmm. get a traitor banished in the first two roundtables. I think it's happened one time. Yeah. Um, and then when Peppermint says uh, the has the slip up, uh, which was like uh, that. Uh, what 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 did Peppermint say? It was like so as a. Like as a trader, I would never <laughs> it was like so she's actively not trying to banish a trader. I mean faithful. Mm -hmm. It was something of that sort where instead yeah. of trader, she should have said faithful and Larsa in that room immediately was like, see, you slipped up again. Yeah, people try to be too smart. People try to be like a detective of like, ah, ah, Freudian slip, we caught you. We caught yeah, you. It, it was, yeah. If Trishel is really concerned about not banishing a traitor, I mean, a faithful, and Ekansu was on it, and Larsa was on it, and and again, it's the first banishment hasn't even happened yet, so you're immediately stoking that, because I think part of it is you might be buying into Peppermint being suspect. The other part is, I'm not trying to go out tonight, mm -hmm. so let me, not, let me just not be the first banished here. Yeah. All right, so uh, the Peppermint and versus Trishel stuff is going to be a big part of the second episode. But, but at the end of the first episode, uh, two big decisions for the traders, who to recruit and then who to be the first person to murder. Uh, start with the they spent more time on the recruitment. Uh, was Parvati the correct choice for the recruitment? I think if you're trying to work with her, 100% Parvati is the right choice. I, first of all, did love that both of them both of them had different reasons for recruitment. Phaedra said, I'm looking for someone that I can work with, but people don't expect me to work with. And was looking at CT as a potential. Wanted someone strong, but someone that no one could link back to her. Whereas Dan wanted someone that he can have some rapport with to work with, but also someone with some higher threat level in case it doesn't work out and they got to get rid of them. So I think you find that sweet spot with Parvati. Yeah, uh, I mean, Parvati, I think, ended up being uh, an incredible choice. I think Parvati has done uh, such a good job in the, since she's been added to the group. I was a little bit like, I don't know if Parvati and Dan is going to be a fit, uh, if they're going to be a match and, and mesh together. I mean, so far they're a match. So far, but I, so far. I, I had, yeah. uh, but like, uh, like going in, mm -hmm. I kind of thought, well, you know, Parvati, um, while she has had, you know, um, like a long history with Boston Rob. I know she gets along very well with Rob and with Tyson. 
um, at this at this point in her career. Like, I feel like that that's not necessarily the type of player that she has done, uh, you know, traditionally done well with throughout the course of her uh, survivor playing career. Yeah, I'm not going to like it looked like Dan shortlist was basically Janelle, Sandra and Parv. And I personally wanted Parv, but I genuinely did. And that it kind of fooled me. I felt like there was more conversation with Sandra that seemed like they were more simpatico and more conversation with Janelle. Even after they recruited uh, Parvati, I felt like anytime the two of them were talking, Dan was coming up so suspect to me. I was like, why are you lying here? But I don't think he can yeah. say anything. I, um, I But yeah. I thought that maybe the way that Dan was going to go was go for Janelle because I kind of thought that Janelle might have been coming in harder, like gunning for Dan. And, and Janelle has not said Dan's name. J Janelle seems like that uh, she's totally fine with Dan. But I feel like that if Dan, like if there's anything weird that Dan does, like uh, I'm surprised that Janelle isn't pushing harder for Dan. So I think to bring her in, mm -hmm. like I think helps prevent that. I think he's thinking long term. I think Janelle's someone he can always recruit later. And Janelle's someone who you know is going to go hard in, you know, being vocal. She's not going to hide her thoughts. She's going to be in a lot of conversations. She's going to have some people being suspicious of her. And right now, she looks like a very selfish faithful because she keeps going for these shields. I think she's someone he can recruit later and get rid of if he needs to. But also... I feel like similar to, you know, we saw uh, last season with Rachel and Cody. You have one other person from your show. The likelihood of the two of you turning on each other at the beginning is very little because you need each other. Mm -hmm. As long as you're both in, you can work together. And if even one of you is bad, it doesn't really matter because you can just like you just don't say anything. They're not going to get rid of you. So I feel like that's really. Yeah, what it it's just that Dan is also playing this game of like, oh, I'm just quiet. I don't really talk. I don't, I don't really say anything. I'm just, you know, I'm just a guy that's been on reality TV a lot. It's very shy. I don't really talk. Um, and I feel like that Janelle is the person that knows him so well that would be able to be the person to call BS on that easier. Like, I know that Sandra has uh, seen some. Big Brother, I personally, I'd be very surprised if Parvati was very knowledgeable. I do know Trishel happens to be a big Big Brother fan, but Janelle's the person that knows like how dangerous he is. Which if she does know his threat level and where he is at, she's still not going to say anything because that's one traitor she can keep till later on till endgame. And I think that's really what you're seeing here because it doesn't behoove her at all to bring up Dan's name and be part of the vocal team throwing Dan's name out while she feels like Dan's going to keep her safe. Now, if her and Dan had some iffy conversations, I could see it happen. But otherwise, there's no reason for her to do that right now. OK, then let's talk about the decision of who to kill. Um, we heard Banana's name came up, but also Peppermint was also cited as somebody who knows a lot about reality TV, knows about everybody. Yeah, Peppermint seems to be a student of the game and, you know, is someone that people are now a little bit worried about because she might know their true sense of how they play. Mm -hmm. Were you surprised it was Bananas? 
Um, yes. I, again, like I said at the beginning, this feels like you're coming in with a big splash because I think Bananas is both someone that's going to be looked at as a trader and it's going to just look suspicious and also has foot in the mouth syndrome and could say some stuff that lands him in trouble. I already think some of the jokes he was doing, you say that to the wrong person, they're not going to take it well. Mm -hmm. Um, he is a comedic character that he's just going to be cracking wise and, and just trying to do banter. But I felt like you could get rid of him later potentially yeah. and you could look at someone else at this point. I was really surprised. I, I really thought that it was going to be Peppermint based off of that we had just gotten the Trishel Peppermint conversations seemingly like out of nowhere and I, I thought that that was like sort of setting up, okay, well now they'll take out Peppermint and then Trishel is going to look very guilty. Like, are, are you really worried that Johnny Bananas was going to crack the case? Johnny Bananas I, was going <laughs> to figure out the traitors? Right. I don't really have many talents, but yeah. Detective bananas. Yeah. Uh, well, the CT did have the shield at that, at that point, if you were looking for getting rid of a challenge person, but I would say you look at, but, but Rob, you look at his career, you look at Johnny bananas career. I looked at it. So I did a draft for this and I looked at his stat sheet. He's been on like, he was on like six shows last year. And he was in the like outside of three episodes of one of the shows. He was in the last episode for all so of he them. Was like, due. Guy, he was due for a dud. He makes it far like almost every time. So you see the shot. You might as well take the shot. Yeah. Okay. So Johnny Bananas ultimately ends up. And, and also, and then this is less confusing because there's uh, John the <laughs> from Parliament. Oh, I was confused. worried that people were going to get the John B's confused. John B, B Bananas and John B Burkow <laughs> definitely was going to be confusing. <laughs> All right. Uh, we go to breakfast and uh, we find out that it was Bananas. Bananas has gone. Mm -hmm. And he he says, well, it's going to be less fun in this house now. I mean, listen, Bananas, no disrespect. It's still fun. You know, we, we had two yeah, episodes without you. I'm still having a good time. Yeah. yeah. But um, it would be maybe more fun with Johnny Bananas uh, because, you know, I, and again, he brings a lot to um, we, we've seen him just in my my own podcasting in uh, the Challenge USA in House of Villains uh, just in the last like couple of months. Again, he's been everywhere. Mm -hmm. He's been on every show you can think of. A new iteration of a show. He's been featured there. So ultimately, you can't win them all. And you can't make it to the end for all of them. Like somewhere your reputation is going to chase. Also, we did see some people talking about the fact that he had won the challenge seven times. Like no one else mm -hmm. had won as many things there as he had. So mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Phaedra said that he had won the challenge 13 times. I mean... Just say 15. Yeah. 16. Jenny yeah. said uh, that it would have been more of a party had he stayed. He would have drank whatever party handed him. Oh, yeah. He would have definitely taken the poison chalice. Did you? The challenge people were the first ones at the bar. They know where the party begins and they're very familiar mm -hmm. around the on the bar there. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to then the challenge uh, number two. And. Thoughts, Rob? Yeah. I, I like, well, you know, I kind of like that we brought in like the touchy subjects of like, uh, you know, asking questions from the popularity contest and um, who's the most quiet again. I don't think that they really did Dan a favor here uh, to like, again, throw out that idea of that. He's so quiet. 
Hey, listen, it's the name of the game. They're third there. They gave you a you're free from getting murdered, but let's make it a little tough. I'm not mad at this. They they did the exact same challenge on Traders UK this season. And the one of the traders did get the who was the more popular person and they won it. Uh, but Dan here gets the opposite end of that is who needs to speak up more. And he is the one that needs to speak up more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we then have to then uh, tear a bunch of scarecrows apart. Yep, three, the ones with the hats have shields. The ones without them have the golden bot coins for the prize pot. What did you think, Rob? Do you do you like the idea of digging open into a scarecrow to find some? Again, I like the idea that they could be getting shields instead of going for the money to help the prize pot. But again, that it's not like the mole. It's not like that the traders aren't going to be helping to add money to the pot. So it's. It's fine, but you know, again, this was like uh, just whatever. It was on the screen for a while uh, that there was some question about did John actually have asthma? <laughs> so Tamara's whole thing was, I'm listen, politicians be lying, and he's a politician. I don't trust them. I'm gonna trip him up at the challenge. So they're running. They're running for their lives in this challenge. And Tamara goes, Hey, uh. John, my, 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 my breathing's hurting. Can you, do you have your inhaler? He's like, inhaler? No, I don't use that. She was like, aha, you don't have asthma. You lied about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So also, love the way John runs. Love the, it. The, you know, look, he's bringing something to this. Again, he is the perfect meme choice to keep in for as long as you can here. Yeah. Um, did he did he end up even getting that many votes? Uh, did he get I don't know if he got a vote in that uh, next round table. The one that he had sus on him or the one after the one? He, he, had got, sus he on? got two votes in the one where Peppermint went home. Yeah, In a sea of peppermints, he got two votes. Yeah, one I don't think Max he got a vote at the second at, at the uh, second round table. No, because I think ultimately they realized this is ridiculous. It is not John. <laughs> like they're not picking this guy. Let's be honest. Okay. All right. So we come home from the challenge and now uh, we got to figure out who are we going to vote out at the round table. And really, we don't have any better ideas than Peppermint versus Trishel. Peppermint versus Trishel with a side of versus John and his asthmatic asthma. or yeah. asthma versus asthmatic life. Oh, so you said you didn't say you had asthma as a child. You said you had asthma. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah. Peppermint was always going to go here. Unfortunately, I think the, this, the thing that seals the deal is once everyone hears that, Oh, Peppermint said as a trader, but should have said as a faithful and slipped up. It's so hard to come back from that. And there were a couple people that defended it. Max was saying, I think this is not real. Uh, Sheree was saying, I don't think this is real. Yeah. But you really couldn't come back from it at that point. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing else for people to go off of. So it was a little bit of like, this is as good as anything. Okay. Sure. Yeah. It wasn't and Peppermint. It was not peppermint, yeah. and we were all hurt, Rob. But the person who was most upset by this was Deontay Wilder. Deontay uh, did not take it well. It was very, was very upset about this. He, so we've had two banishments so far, and Deontay has felt the weight of both of them. And let me tell you, Deontay's not a traitor this season, folks. He is not. He is a faithful voting out people. He is not feeling it at all. He's, mm -hmm. It's going, th the emotions are, are crushing him. 
Yeah. I don't know if he knew uh, how much of a burden this was going to be. I don't think he was ready. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, it comes down to uh, Peppermint that is going to be the person to get banished. Uh, Trishel ultimately feels very bad about this. Uh, a lot of people feel very bad about this because uh, Peppermint, I think, was well liked. I mean, won, won the award for most popular in the house, right? I but well, it was a it was a one v one, right? Of who did you rank higher than this other person you're facing? Which who was the second person? Can you remind me? Uh, uh I uh, don't have. Oh uh, God, I'm scrolling second, up. The second place contestant was it was Deontay or Peppermint, who yeah. is more popular? Yes. Yeah. So Peppermint gets that. I mean, Peppermint says, you know, I came in as a fan, but I'm here to, you know, really speak on being me and advocate for the community, the trans community. And I feel like that was lovely to see. And that's definitely what really makes Deontay feel like she was just being herself. And I can't mm -hmm. believe we voted someone out over that, you know. So I don't think Peppermint's someone who's going to hold any grudges. I'm just crushed, uh, not just because Peppermint did really nothing wrong outside of the one for quote-unquote Freudian slip but it was mostly that I feel like a lot of people a lot of fans have been talking about wanting drag queens on other shows other yeah. than drag race to like you know get represented there and we got one and they took her from us immediately so that's unfortunate yeah but she gave see. good tv I feel like uh that nobody's gonna say like well that was a mistake like I mean I think here's what I will say I think we see another drag queen on the next season fingers crossed sure. I think we do I think we do okay now, after the banishment, this is where things uh, like a a good moment, but maybe the wrong moment when Marcus Jordan mm -hmm. says to Dan Geesling, you know, Dan, you didn't say one word. And I got to say that that was very suspicious to me because you liked how everything was going otherwise you would have said something if everything was going a uh, perfect for you so you said nothing That's can we talk about what marcus jordan said at the round table though because i feel like he had a little too much pep in his step for Pepper all man. he said at the round table exactly all he said at the round table was yeah you know what Peppermint, I'm still a little bit suspicious of you based on that and that was it marcus said nothing else and then but listen correctly talks to the trader and says you would i wouldn't say anything if i was okay with the outcome so that's kind of suspicious and listen dan this is the beginning of dan's arc of this is just me i'm quiet i don't mm -hmm. speak a lot i observe but it was fascinating rob because this is the beginning of it but seeing this continuously be said about dan who we know what he's capable of is is very interesting to me yeah now does that um jive with what you know about dan that is he is he very quiet i feel like i don't see him that way um and now obviously i have to be very honest with all of you and say that i entered the big brother realm before uh after dan had done his seasons i joined in at the summer at bb14 ended was the first thing i watched but it was after the fact mm -hmm. i don't watch feeds but also, he is a person that streams, has been streaming for many a year, and I feel like you you get used to just speaking out loud and being talkative. So I feel like, to me, it doesn't really match. Um, yeah. But also, I'm similar in that when I'm in a group of new people, I'm quiet to start. I'm not who you see at the functions. I'm not talking to everybody. I'm very quiet when you first meet me, but you can't shut me up after you do. So I feel like he's kind of doing that yeah. at the gate. 
Now, famously, Dan is a slow starter, uh, almost was evicted right off the bat back in BB10. And there was the coach's twist in BB14. So he didn't have to worry so much about that. But I think the thing about Dan is that he is a very good listener and mm-hmm. a very good like uh, interviewer. Like uh, like he'll sit with yes. you and he'll ask you, oh, Puya, where did you, well, oh, where did you go to college? Oh, that's interesting. Where did you grow up? And, and he's just going to cycle through, you know, you're going to have a conversation with him. And 95% of it is going to be him asking you questions about you. And it's like classic, like how to win friends and influence people. You come away from it like, wow, like Dan is such a good conversationalist. So it's like, yeah, but he didn't tell you anything about him. He told you just like uh, you were talking the whole time and he was like standing there listening. Now, I think that as far as like, is he giving anything to the other faithful who are looking for actionable information when he's asking you sit down with him and he's asking you, you know, what was your major in college? It's like, okay, but Dan, I don't care about that. I'm trying to figure out who the traders are. Right. I, I feel like he's better. And I see this coming up in other places. He's better on a one-on-one for sure. Um, But I think in a game like this, you simply have to start throwing some names out or some some reads, whether they're wrong, doesn't matter. You got to give people something because like MJ will say later, if we all played the same game as you, we would not talk about anything at the round table, mm-hmm. which you can't have. Yeah. So. so Marcus, though, said it to the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Because then, OK, <laughs> we get our first uh, meeting with Parvati, all the traders. This is fun. We who doesn't love this? Who doesn't love this? But also, Rob, you're not going to leave a couple in the game like this. There's no way you're yeah, leaving. These two yeah, yeah. When they said Marcus, especially after, like, I I thought it would be fun to keep him in after he kind of clocked Dan. But the the fact that he clocked Dan, he has a showman's in the game. Uh, is like this was the perfect person. Yeah, and I feel like the game basically decided the fate of which one. In the challenge, the question was, whose opinion do you value most, Larsa or Marcus? And Marcus was the correct answer. Mm -hmm. So to them, it's like, perfect. You told us which one of the two you value more. Let's get rid of them. Yeah. So Marcus ends up being the uh, next victim, does not show to breakfast. Poor Larsa. Listen, all I want to say is when I got murdered in the game we played last week, y'all didn't give me this whole funeral treatment. Liana didn't get up and toast nobody. You're, you're, y'all this, are both rich I, people. Yeah. Okay. Wait, are you, are you are you mad at Liana? I'm mad at y'all, but <laughs> what that's <no>? not, <laughs> all of you who were there in that Zoom call on a, on a rainy Saturday. Anyway. You're both rich. Stop acting like he really died. He didn't die. Everything's fine. Okay. Y'all got to smooch at breakfast. Please. Yes. Yes. Did you see Rob? I saw an article today. It it ended up on my timeline and this has nothing to do with the game, but Larsa Pippen in an interview today said that her and Marcus sleep together five times a night. Okay. Fun facts at, at one in the morning for you. Yeah. I don't know why this article happened, but it did. Five, t- five times. Yeah. Five nights at Marcus's. Man, I'm, I'm exhausted from th- three traders a night. 
<laughs> Sons of Jordan, we are not. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, fun fact. All right. So now, uh, once the. <laughs> I'm <gonna> go <laughs> Yeah, where do you yeah. go from here? Okay, so uh, we start hearing uh, Dan's name a little bit more. Trishel is saying Dan's name. Yeah, I mean, again, no, Tr- yes. I do. I think Trishel is somebody to watch out for because I, Trishel is a big Big Brother fan. Trishel watches every season of Big Brother. You'll see her tweeting about Big Brother. Hmm. I mean. Trishel, someone I was told would know who Dan is and would be uh, in the know on the Big Brother side of things for sure. Mm-hmm. So to me, and and to me, Trishel doesn't benefit from the Janelle side where Janelle's like, even if like Janelle knows, she's not going to go after him. I think Trishel is right now on the mending path. She needs to prove that she's good because listen, you you cost Peppermint to leave. Doesn't matter who says what or who comforts her. They're going to remember that you are the most vocal one to get Peppermint out and look where we are now. Yeah. Okay. So she's going to be hunting. We got to go to the challenge now. And uh, it's the grave digging spotlight challenge. You love this, right? <laughs> it's fine. It's a good challenge. Listen, Rob. Not as much as Bergy. Bergy figured out the pattern. We're talking about masterminds. Sandra won Survivor twice. Parvati's won it once. Dan won it twice if you ask Phaedra. What did Bergie win? Nothing. He's a dummy. He's the one who figured out the pattern. Mm-hmm. He's the one. Yeah. And no one listened to him, obviously. Jenny says it's so Mario Party. What? Bergie is? Or no, the challenge no, the itself? Challenge. Oh, with the lights. Yeah. yeah if, if the light's on you, you're Don't out. Don't go in the light. I loved when CT got the hammer. You knew he was excited to use that thing. Mm-hmm. He was so pumped. Yeah. So he got the hammer. I get to hammer these things. And then he's out. Immediately. But if you get out holding one of the tools, is the tool out also? I don't recall. I don't think the tool's out, but I think if it was money, the money's out. Money yeah. don't count. Okay. Uh, did you like the graves of the past, uh, the, the past players from this season and season one? Where was my tombstone when I got murdered, Rob, in our game? That's what I want to know. They're doing way too much fanfare for this my, Marcus Jordan. What did mm-hmm. he do? But I did love the not to last I mean, I, the, I think you've already told us about his resume. That, that's, you know how many people I have, I have benefited? Whoa. Whoa. Okay. And I don't mean in that way. <laughs> I was like, Marcus has one tool this? in his arsenal, yeah. Rob. I'm a multifaceted human being. I do a lot of different things for a lot of different people. With different tools, not the same. You know what? This feels anyway. Great. I love the graves. The graves were awesome. Oh, so good. So good. Is this the MILF Manor podcast? It might as well be. (laughs) You know what? Tell them to put a tombstone for me. Hopefully, Liana doesn't listen to this and I have to explain myself. Anyway, we're fine. It's fine. (laughs) Put my next to Marcus Jordan at this point. 104 a.m. here it on is. the Traders Recap. <laughs> this is the latest it's ever going to be because we'll be back Booyah 10 p.m. After dark. <laughs> <laughs> this is a taste of what you get Friday nights on my Twitch channel for sure. I thought you would say weird things tonight and look at me being the be, one. <laughs> button up. <laughs> Just trying to keep it together. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we have this incident with Janelle. And uh, 
who is this woman? Ekin Sue? Ekin Sue, have- yes. We have a cheat sheet here. Ekin Sue is yes. from Love Island, UK. That's right. That's right, Rob. And a great season on Love Island. Ekin Sue is phenomenal. I kind of liked but- her. I liked when she like uh, she believes in aliens and uh, does uh, weird stuff and gets double jointed. Rob, I have been praising Ekansu in these streets for anyone who has it, isn't familiar. Ekansu is going to be like a sleeper. I think she's actually better than, you know, she's not just a Love Island. Per- then she came in with aliens, conspiracy theories. I love cartoons. Yeah. And I think it was all to say, like, I'm I, I do different things. I, may, I do many a thing. Rob, I did not have on my bingo card Ekansu being James Ryan in 2024. <laughs> I'll tell you that much because we got a sequel to It's a Harm. Yeah. We got a sequel tonight and full on. Yeah, and uh, her and Janelle both went for the shield at the same time. And Janelle won. Mm-hmm. Janelle got the shield as, listen, you you put your hand in the same cookie jar as Janelle, you're not getting any cookie. No cookie for you. Okay? And this was no different. Okay. She won it. $19,500 was won. Janelle, Peter, and Tamra got, what is Peter from? Uh, Bling Empire. No, this is uh the, the no, bachelor. Peter Bachelor. He's a bachelor. Pete the pilot. Yes, he's a bachelor. I'm Pete thinking the of pilot. Yeah, is Pete bad. the pilot dying? Of what? Of oh, poison tena- on the episode. Yeah. Oh, it's Peter O'Berge. Does he have like terminal? <laughs> I didn't know conditions. what you were doing. I was like, are you eulogizing? Why? Yeah, we have a a, a link to uh Peter's GoFundMe. <laughs> he's dying. He is it's very fine. sad. He is okay. I thought it was going to be... raise $19,500 for Peter. For the prize. Oh, for mm-hmm. Peter. Uh, he, Rob, to me, it's between him and Bergie, but I have to imagine it's Bergie simply because we've seen Peter be strategic and we've seen people talk about him being decently strategic and like have good, good reads or analysis. Whereas we have not really gotten that from Bergie. Bergie has gotten that but once, and that yeah, was when he figured out the pattern. I feel like that the uh, Kevin and Peter, like uh, they had like that moment where they like came up with like their, their uh, amazing plot that was going to like get the traders thinking. And it's like, that really went nowhere. And it's like, did we just do that just to give Peter a thing? Okay, so I think this is a very fun plan. It's a bit of a smart plan to have a feud built in, whether fake or not. It can still obviously backfire because the logic is, well, if we argue or if we vote each other and suss each other, they'll keep us in because they'll think, well, they'll get each other out no matter what. It's fine. Although they could easily murder one of you and pin it on the other. So that could backfire. However, it did give the energy of this is a hero arc moment. This is where we become the main story. Okay. And it happens in the background of a lot of other stuff. Also, chat is saying that Peter has a shield. So does the shield save you from poison though? uh, Yeah, because it's a murder. Mm. So it won't count. It won't count for the murder. Nothing happens if they give it to Peter and they know Peter has it, right? So it's, there's no shot. They get it's Peter. It's gotta be Bergy. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> someone in the chat said buy Peter's popcorn <laughs> yes go to his link it's in his bio okay <laughs> the Chappelle of the cast good cause. Okay. <laughs> so alright we come home and now alright we got another banishment to think about okay and uh, let's talk a little bit about Max first off who is Max? What what is he? That is he's from Dancing with the Stars. 
Yeah, he is. He was on Dancing with the Stars. I don't think he still is on Dancing with the Stars. He, I believe well, he, he was one of the dancers. He was one of the dancers. Yes. And initially, Rob, I thought Max is a, has good reads. Like, I think he's cooking a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Max just buried himself, man. He fully made himself look as suspicious as possible and just did horrible. In he this, had the in awkward the, moment in the, I think it was, in, was it episode one where. And three, where, the si- we San- walked out Sa- when Sandra and Dan were talking, and then uh, they're like, "Dan's like, oh, come in." He's like, ah, "I'm gonna keep walking around." Yeah, like, yeah, you're good. Um, yeah. I I was just walking by, didn't even want to be a part of this. He did it again in episode three, where he walked in and then did the the Homer Simpson into the bushes walk back. Yeah, just sit down, man. Hmm. Okay. Um. But Deontay thought that. He made a, a little bit of a face when Peppermint went out. Which is so funny to me because I thought Deontay, Max was one of the only vocal people to say, I don't think this is a real thing. I don't think Peppermint's bad. I think this is a distraction and there's no evidence on this. But Deontay was focused on face and not words mm-hmm. here. Okay. Uh, we talked about Kevin and Peter are talking about making a plan Um we also had a moment where Parvati is going to give Dan a little bit of a heads up. A lot of people are saying your name. Again, Dan's name is in the uh, in the fire here, mainly because of Larsa. Larsa was trying to now that Marcus is gone, Larsa's on the hunt to figure out who it is. And the logic was, I don't remember, was it Janelle who said it's a man because a woman wouldn't have gotten rid of bananas and Marcus? Uh, I don't know. I, I wasn't exactly following that log- logic. Is it like, why Why would a woman be like, um, like, why would a man be more likely to get rid I feel like every show we watch, it's like, oh, the guys are going to all stick together. Right. I was confused by the logic there. But then Larsa was like, I think it's a man. We need to be looking for a man here. Mm-hmm. I think also it helps that that means they're exempt from banishment here, right? If they're looking at a man. But Larsa was looking at him and MJ really becomes the second person to be vocalizing Not against Marcus's dad. Not that MJ. Mm-hmm. Another MJ mm-hmm. on the season. Different. Yeah. Okay. MJ. Tell me about MJ. So I know her from Shaws of Sunset. Again, I... As a Persian, there's not a lot of shows that have Persians in them. Shahs of Sunset is all Persians. And she is on there. She and Reza from last of season one of Traders, if you would remember. Yes. Uh, They were best friends. And then they had a huge falling out. She's kind of gotten the purple edit here as far as I'm concerned. We're not really seeing a lot of MJ. This was really the first time she comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Now she's coming up. (laughs) Well, I love that Parvati tried to poison Chalice and thought she's never going to drink out of this rusty chest. Can we talk about why the Chalice got to look so rusty? I feel like it's Carpenter's so, cup. It's so obvious that this is a item. Like, I'm so worried that this is going to blow back on Parvati completely because it's just so not similar to anything else around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, um, well, uh, I guess uh, with, with the, with the poison chalice, I mean, Parvati uh, should know this. Like, Parvati's got to pour, like, herself, like, one cup, one glass, and then pour the poison chalice in the other. And say, I poured two. Like, who needs one? Who needs one? Who, who needs, like... I think they got a little cute with it because they had specific people they were looking at. Because I think the automatic response is, yeah, I want to drink alone. Who's in this with me? And someone's like, oh, I'll drink it. 
I think it's just yeah, the especially of- it's Parvati. Like, uh, yeah. you're t- you know, uh, you're telling me like CT won't take a cup from Parvati. Well, I love that she, her and John Burkow cheers with the cups, but then he didn't drink from it and mm-hmm. she took it away from him. So I don't know what happened there. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, well, let's circle back to that. Let's just talk about this banishment here. Okay. So, all right. It opens up. And who is it? Is it Bergy that throws that goes right to Dan? Well, Bergy says, Dan, I've heard your name. So if you want to talk, now's the time. He didn't accuse him. He didn't push. He just yeah. said, I'm helping out Dan here. I thought Dan started well. I thought Dan came in with a good defense, uh, like like the good um, retort to the opener. But then I thought then then when Dan it came back around to Dan, I didn't think he. Uh, I thought he kind of like ran out of stuff. Um, well, I think it's there's not a lot he. I think his starting argument was great in that. Listen, I'm usually quiet. It takes a time for me to open up. But then when I take my shot, I don't want to miss and I want to be right. So I'm not going to do what we did to Peppermint where I'm vocal and then we're wrong. I don't play like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Deontay was quick to jump into his defense and be like, well, yeah, that just sounds like it's his personality. So we shouldn't go after him for the personality. But then this is when MJ says, well, if we all played like the way you did, we would have nothing. Yeah. At the round table, we'd learn nothing. See, so, and the game wouldn't move. I really uh, have only Cerise masterful game from Trader Season One to compare yes. to. Um, but whereas, like Cerise was not a, a person who was throwing out names in Traders uh, Season One, but also she was like beyond reproach, where nobody could ever even fathom that she could be one of the traders. So. So we so could talk to you about anything and la- like you feel putty in her hands in any conversation, whereas Dan, it clearly shows that for him to get to that level, he needs to know you or work on you a little more, mm-hmm. which I feel like he doesn't have. I think strategic chops, he's got them to the to the nines, but this yeah. is a little different. So it's like that. OK, he's not giving anything like like if this was mafia, like he's a good person to kill because it's like, well, you're not helping us get there. Like you're you're not giving us anything. So like we should just banish you whether you're a traitor or not. Um, and so like he's not helping the group. And then also, but it, they also the group doesn't have like these warm feelings towards him. Like, oh, we can't lose Dan. Right. Which I feel like obviously the murders they've done so far help him because the murders have been really talkative people and Marcus, whose opinion is very valued and Johnny, who just doesn't stop talking. So no one's going to be like, well, why isn't Dan dying? I feel like that he's fine for that. But I feel like even you just you have to play the detective role a little bit. And even if they're very cold takes they they don't have to be a well, I think it's this person who no one's thought of. Just throw throw someone's name out who's already had their name mm. out there. You know, be like, I don't know. After the peppermint thing, I'm a little bit on Trishel, but I don't really think that's a thing. But I, that's kind of who I'm looking at. No one's going to question that. And you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Make okay. a safe call. But Deontay comes to Dan's rescue because he says, you know. There's somebody here who is just the the worst offender here. And it's Max. I love the way Deontay spoke here. It was so poetic. Like, smiles like a traitor. He acts like a traitor. And I just wish he was right because this would have been a master stroke. Yeah. You know, this is where you give him the hero edit. You great make the fan cams. Like- yeah. So, so much conviction in the voice. He put it all on Max. Max, then I feel like this is his first misstep because I think you can easily argue and, and defend. Hey, 
I just didn't think it was peppermint. So when I'm grinning a little bit, I'm happy to hear peppermint is a faithful, whatever the, the reason you got to say to deflect. But he's like, oh, uh, yeah, can we talk about Janelle and I can sue now, somebody, please? Can mm-hmm. we address that? And it really came off like he was deflecting big time. Yeah. Um, and then we revisit that. But I don't know. We're um, did, did Jan- uh, what did Janelle do? Janelle didn't even vote for Ekansu. Uh, Ek and Sue didn't even vote for Janelle. So like they don't even think each other are traitors. Like no. why, why is anybody else making this into a thing? I think after they got to speak their piece on the shield, I think it was fine. I don't think either cared. I think they still talk, like they still look at each other a little sideways moving forward. But the reality is the two of them were never really after each other here for any of that. Yeah. It comes back around to Dan. Dan says he's going to try to not be as quiet. Can can Dan change this up? Oh, I think so. I think he's going to be vocal. The question is going to be, is the damage done? Especially you keep MJ and Larsa in. Are they going to vocalize some more? Hey, we need to look at Dan again. Because we're looking at the, you know, you look at the list right now. We got three men that are now off the board. No one's looking at Kevin as suspicious. Uh, CT's not being looked at as suspicious. No one's ever going to think Deontay's suspicious. The number, and, and Peter is left there. Their numbers are very tiny for Dan to hide now, I think. So he's going to have to switch it up. Otherwise, it could be too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what his like uh, funeral is going to be here to try to like uh, change this up. Listen, we got a sequel to James Ryan and Janelle. Why not a sequel to Dan's funeral? I don't know who in this game is going to be dead to him, but it's got to be someone who you wouldn't expect twice to really be like menacing. A Deontay, a Kevin. I could see it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and that's the thing about Dan Giesling is like, okay, well, it look may look like his back is against the wall, but then that might that's be when like when he work. does his best work, like when he like throws poverty under the bus and it like outs mm-hmm. her as a traitor. And then uh, they're like, wow, Dan, you caught a traitor. Like, you're amazing. Uh, I, that's the move, though. I, and I hate to say it because I'm not willing to lose poverty. There's no shot. I don't want to lose any of them if I can have my way. I love all three traitors here. But I think for Dan, it's like, all right, I've been silent long enough. I'm ready to I shoot a shot. One. And I said, yeah. it. I don't miss. <laughs> I don't miss. You look at the person and you and you take the shot. So, yeah, we'll he did, and he did say, like, I like poverty because, you know, if worse comes to worse, we could push her out in front of us if we need to. Yeah, she's a big name I can throw out there. Also, did you notice, Rob, when they did the votes and, and they did make sure to make us see this poverty's vote? had the letter D scratched out and then had Max's name, which I hated to see um, because I didn't I don't, catch that. Yeah. I don't know if it, it didn't come up. Dan didn't speak on it or anything, but I caught it and I thought, Oh, I don't love that. Cause again, that's something that he can see. And if he's, if he, if he sees radar, he might throw something out there. Um, but yeah, I feel like enough, like and Parvati, you know, it's black widow time. Go with the chalice. This could be a, didn't Parvati walk around with a chalice last night? Wasn't that kind of weird? Did anyone else notice that? Mm-hmm. Like there are, if he wanted to plant seeds, he's going to plant seeds against her. Yeah. The question is, is he going to? Because so far it seems like he really wants to work with everybody here with the traders. But listen, at the end of the day, Dan knows when to ride solo and when to, when to pounce. Is he going to? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I, I got to go back and look at that. I mean, it's a chalkboard. Can't you just like, like... Is, is there a better way to do that than cr- cross it out? Like, it's not like a marker on Survivor. I mean, I'd probably cat it, you know, lick the paw and then rub the paw on the on the board. Get rid because I'm I'm not licking it. Yeah, something like that. All right. No, or something. Okay. All right. 
So Max, he was faithful. And De- Deontay, he's not taking this well. No, Deontay has, we see a full tear running down his eye. He says he's not cut out for this. Part of me thought, because I did notice on the timestamp that we went into the, we went into the round table at 35 minutes and I didn't know the chalice was coming up. So my thought was, oh my God, is Deontay about to leave the game? And I was fully ready to say, all right, we had to quit tonight. Didn't happen. I think he'll be fine once he wakes up in the morning. I just wonder what his approach is going to be moving forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Murder in plain sight. Go get the chalice. Give it to somebody. Um, it, is the penalty if they don't pull this off that they just don't get to make a kill? Um, if they don't pull this off, they don't get. To, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think if Has you that ever fail, happened before. Uh, I don't think there's been a task, and if you fail the task, you don't get to do it. I don't recall they it, they've failed if they try to recruit someone instead, but mm-hmm. that's not the objective here. But yeah, if if you fail, you don't get to go to Trader Star and murder any, someone anyway. So okay. All right, so Parvati's scrambling here. I think Bergie's cooked, Yeah, if I'm being honest. I did see him, so I watched a little bit of the preview, then I ran to like get ready and stuff, so I didn't finish the preview, but I did see a shot of Bergie, but also because of the fact that this is a slow cooker uh, poison, <laughs> you're not going to know when he dies, so that could have been from right before when he dies, so I don't know. Yeah, you think it's going to go on into the next day? Like, by the way, yesterday you got poison, you're dead. I think so. I think at some point he's going to get, he's not getting murdered like standard. He might die at breakfast. That would be dramatic if he just, if they're like, all right, so you, you were poisoned. So after everyone comes in, mm-hmm. die on the table or something. You think they do it that way? I really just feel like that he'll just get a note in the morning like everybody else. Like, it's just like the poison doesn't kill you instantly. It kills you when you get back to your Oh, room. do you think the slow effect was that, oh, it's a slow effect, meaning they're not going to die right then and there. They die overnight. That's boring. Yeah, I, I don't think it's like the type of poison like you like like fall down like instantly and die. Boom. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I yeah, so. I, I forgot about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's probably what it is, maybe. It just, um, I think that would be the cleanest. Yeah, because the way, so the way the episode ended, Rob, was Parvati saying, I found the perfect person to give this chalice to. And we see her enter this specific room that's like got a number of people in it. And to me, it just felt like it was going to be Bergy. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong. There's other people there, certainly. I just feel like you don't say the perfect person and then have it not be Bergy. And I feel like Bergy's arc is kind of completed now that he had his moment yeah he had his big moment in the yeah the spotlight uh so all right we'll we'll see what happens there uh next all right anything else from these three hours then we got some questions from the audience i love that i would love to get some questions from the audience i'm excited rob obviously after this we're gonna go into weekly coverage where we got three episodes now got a big chunk yeah but starting next week Thursdays at nine, we're getting one new episode a week and we're going to be live right after that. Yeah. To How many recap. people are we down to in the game? So as of episode three, we have lost four people. Okay. And there was what? 20? 21. 21. Bergie okay. is in this photo. He's just, if you scroll up, he's there next to the okay. trailer. So, so yeah, so we've lost, <laughs> we've lost four and we're going to lose fifth. We're going to lose a fifth one to kick off episode two. Okay. So we're down to 16. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, if you got questions, post them in the chat and we will, uh, pull, uh, some questions to talk about. Okay. Um, 
how about uh, Kim has a question. Uh, do the competitive reality players have an unfair advantage over the rest? Because everyone else seems so bad at this. I don't think it's an unfair advantage. I think especially after Trader Season 1 was out and you can get US, uh, sorry, UK, US, and AU, as long as you watch those three shows, I don't think anyone has a leg up. I think you But how many people be... watched all these shows? That's a great question for them. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I think someone like Dan, for example, would have done his homework and knew what he was doing coming in. Sure. I think Sandra, I think... So I think ultimately... Are you at an unfair advantage because you've played one of these games? No, because I do think there's a world where you weren't on one of these shows and you have better knowledge than someone who was on one of these shows. Um, now, they did scoop up, like a lot of these winners are higher placement players, which means they're decent, but mm -hmm. I don't think it's an unfair advantage. I think okay. you can get better. Let me float this past you, okay? The great Sharon Tharp is in the chat and she has a podcast out with Tyson talking about uh, the first week of the Traders. Uh, when we were talking about Dan and Janelle, she says, I think Janelle knows Dan is a trader. That's my theory. Buying or selling, Janelle is on to Dan. Just like Sharon's podcast, I subscribe to this theory. Mm -hmm. And I really do think that there's just no world. If Janelle knows Dan as well as we think she does, there's no world she doesn't pick up some of this suspicion, but then just keeps them close. Because I think... That's the one thing Liana did tell me before I started here. She loves that in these second season iterations of these shows, there are people that are playing more vocally strategic and the ones that are good are being a little bit more strategic. And I think this is a result of now knowing how the game works, what the meta move is. And you know the meta move is at no matter how many traders we push out, they're always going to recruit another one. There's always going to be a trader at the end. If I know one early and keep them, I just cut them at the end and I win. I want to say, I feel like that, did Rachel say that she knew Cody was a traitor? She alluded to it, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's a good move. That's smart. I love it. I, I mean, that's 100% the winning move as a faithful, is you find the traitor, you cozy up to the traitor, traitor don't murder you, you don't vote out traitor, you make it to the end, and then you say, I found the traitor, I've just been cozying up to survive, let's boot them. Okay. Uh, Rainer has a question. Uh, what do you think about a Phaedra's game? She's giving me big Tanisha from House of Villains energy. Chill, friendly, let the meat shields burn out. I think Phaedra's someone who's clearly having fun with the game. And I think she has great energy. It's very clear to me why she is part of reality TV. When she said the queen is here, queen of the traitors is here. I fully bought into it and I've just met her. And I think that she's her energy is infectious in the house. And I think she's very disarming, which I think helps big time. Yeah, I mean, she seems like she's the safest of the traders by far. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about uh, Gotta Go Pax? Isn't it better when the shields are secret from the traders? Um, so what's interesting is it's a lot more public. It feels like in the U S versus UK, despite them having the exact same challenges in the UK, they offer up. Does anyone want to confess that they have the shield and people will, people have so far all volunteered that. Yes, I got the shield. Whereas here they publicly put it out there. Of course, ideally you don't want people to know you have it so that the traders take a shot and miss. But also I think the reason they have them announce it, Rob here and it's public is because I don't think they wanted it to be complete safety. I think they want you to get some heat for going for the shields. Mm -hmm. I think they still want someone who got it to get, you know, some negative or positive traits thrown into them for later. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah, it makes sense. I think that uh, not a lot of the suspicion went on people who went after the shields. Like there was not a lot of like, uh, like how, Janelle, how could you do that? I'm voting for you tonight. Yeah, I think ultimately Janelle did get one comment at the round last round table, which was you're either a traitor or you're a very selfish faithful. Yeah, and I think they'll know it's a selfish faithful. It's the latter. So, right. Yeah. OK. <laughs> um, here's a question about Sandra and Parvati. DJ Big Russ says we got a lot of Sandra versus Parvati today. How do you foresee this playing out? I'm telling you, Rob, there were multiple scenes where they zoomed in on Par uh, Sandra side-eyeing Parvati as she's speaking. I think that's going to happen. I think it's going to come to a head. And right now they are showing that Sandra does have some influence amongst the group because she kind of gets told your influence really carried here with this uh, mm -hmm. vote out of Max. So, yeah. and I think Bergie is right now, I've said this, Bergie's going to be under someone's thumb. I think Bergie is under Sandra's yeah. thumb. Yeah, well, it sounds like to me, especially when Bergie is like, well, it was Bergie, right? That was like, well, I have, I respect what Sandra says and Sandra told me uh, to do, uh, to do Max. So I'm going to do Max. I feel like Sandra is building an army. She did say it. She's like, the minute I feel like she's a traitor, I'm going to get a group of faithfuls to get her out. And I think she's quietly been doing that on the sideline because we've not really seen a lot of Sandra so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really did think Parvati was going to give her the poison cup. And I was like, oh, this is like the perfect crime for Parvati. <laughs> yeah, let's do shots. Do it the Survivor way. winners. <laughs> Yeah, yeah a, a drink before war is always a good idea. Remember that, Sandra? Yeah. Remember, remember when <laughs> Jeff said that, and when we did that for two million dollars, and none of us won. Well, mm -hmm. let's let's drink our sorrows yeah, away. The thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Puya, any other uh, things uh, that you want to talk about? I mean, Rob, off the top of my head, uh, my mind is going to be spinning, thinking of who's going to get this poison chalice. Um, and and how do we open up episode four? These three episodes were so good. I'm not ready to give it up and have one hour a week. However, having just come off Traders Canada, I can tell you that it grows on you. You get used to doing the one hour a week. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm excited to be on this journey with you, Rob. We're doing the sequel and we're doing it big. Last year you were in plaid. This year you're in a beret. You're yeah. wearing a you're wearing a suit jacket at 1:30 in the, in the morning. morning. Yeah. Yeah. Love the commitment, man. All it's right. going to be money. Well, I am super committed. This is uh, going to be really, really fun. I'm so glad that they did it at this time of year again and not during the Survivor season so we can give it our undivided attention right now. Yes. And so uh, we will have our regular Traders recaps coming out uh, right after the episode. We'll watch them live. They drop 9 p.m. on Thursdays, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. And so we'll have our traders know-it-alls uh, that we will have for you coming up right after the episode, probably around 10, 15 p.m. Eastern coming up on Thursday. All right. So big uh, traders week coming up once again next week. Puya, what else is coming up for you? Well, I'm still going to be on Traders Duty. I will be back talking about this second week of Traders UK, episodes four through six with Annabelle. We're recording this weekend, so hopefully you should have it in your feeds by Sunday or Monday, so keep out for that. And 90 Day Fiance is also back. I'm still talking about it, so you can check that out on the Hot Mess Express. 90 Day Fiance recaps are back once again. And otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Puyism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv, which is where I am when I'm not podcasting. All right, well, we... 
make it very easy for our patrons to see all the international reality shows. Go to robinswebsitecom slash patron to get access to international reality shows in the greatest reality TV community in the world at robinswebsitecom slash patron. Uh, lots of other fun stuff uh, on robinswebsite.com, including Mike Bloom had another draft with y'all uh, the other night. Jenny Autumn and I broke down the floor on hit or quit. Have you seen the floor, I, Puya? It sounds like it's a fun show and that y'all enjoyed it. So we I'm did. happy to hear that. We did. Yes. So, all right. Thank you so much. Uh, this was so much fun uh, for this slumber party here talking about the traders. Uh, we will see you again soon. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.